Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hello all, Eric Rivenus with the Most Notorious Podcast here. Each week I interview an author or historian about a historical true crime, tragedy, or disaster. Subject matter ranges from gunslingers to Gilded Age murder to gangsters to fires to pirates to wild prison breaks. My guests bring their incredible knowledge directly to you. Please subscribe to Most Notorious on your favorite podcast app. Cheers and have a safe tomorrow. Bonaventure Cemetery sits along a bluff overlooking the Wilmington River in Savannah, Georgia. This unique burial ground is considered by many to be one of the most beautiful and romantic of the South. Originally established as a 600-acre plantation in 1762, when Georgia was still a colony, its owners, John Mulrine, and his son-in-law, Josiah Tattnall, were banished from the area during the American Revolution for their loyalty to Britain. As a result, Bonaventure was sold at auction. Then, in 1788, Josiah Tattnall Jr., who had been born in the house, returned to Savannah and regained the family home as was common among rural families, especially those of means, a designated plot of land was set aside on the property to serve as a family burial site. And in 1802, the first known adult interred there was Tattnall Jr.'s wife, Harriet Fenwick. The following year, he too was laid to rest beside her, eventually joined by six of the couple's nine children. But in 1846, the plantation left the family for good when it was sold to a local hotelier under the condition that he continue to maintain the family graves. He agreed, in the following year, 70 acres of land, including the family plots, were incorporated to open the private Evergreen Cemetery of Bonaventure. The site was designed as a traditional Victorian garden cemetery, featuring curving pathways and a multitude of trees and grassy areas. The elegance of the property was so stunning that in September of 1867, famed naturalist John Muir described it as, quote, so beautiful that almost any sensible person would choose to dwell here with the dead. 
Then, in 1907, the city of Savannah purchased the Evergreen Cemetery, eventually renaming the property to Bonaventure Cemetery and expanding its size from 70 acres to nearly 103. Although the cemetery remains a garden-esque cemetery to this day, it was at this time that it was redesigned from its original Victorian style to allow for both a greater number of burial plots and more efficient maintenance. So beautiful and unique is Bonaventure that in 1994, it became famous for the statue called Bird Girl, the tomb of which was featured on the cover of John Barrett's iconic best-selling novel, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, a work immersed in Southern Gothic tone that almost instantly helped the historic Southern city of Savannah grow into the popular tourist destination that it is today. Yet for many who visit and tour the Bonaventure Cemetery, it is another grave that sparks intrigue. That of Corinne Elliott Lawton, a woman born into an affluent Savannah family, but whose life was cut short for reasons have become the source of a local legend. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you are listening to Southern Gothic. Corinne Elliott Lawton was the eldest of four children, born in Savannah, Georgia, on September 23, 1846. Her father, Alexander Robert Lawton, moved to Savannah after graduating Harvard Law School and began a career in law and railroad administration before being commissioned as a Confederate colonel of the 1st Georgia Volunteers during the Civil War. Eventually, Lawton became the Confederacy's second quartermaster general and rose to the rank of brigadier general. Then, after the war, the Confederate veterans' standing in the community only grew as Alexander Lawton became a prominent political figure in the New South. By all accounts, the Lawton family was close-knit and very loving. In fact, Corinne and her father in particular were both said to have such a love for fine art that Alexander spared no expense to travel far and wide to enjoy their hobby. Yet today, those who visit Corinne Lawton's grave at Bonaventure Cemetery often hear a different, conflicting story about the relationship 
between Alexander and his daughter, Corinne. Local lore claims that one day Corinne met and fell in love with a man from a considerably lower social class. As could be expected, her parents believed that this match was completely unacceptable. And as a result, Alexander and his wife Sarah arranged for Corinne to be married to a more socially acceptable, wealthy man of Savannah's high society. Yet after meeting this gentleman, Corinne rejected her parents' wishes, telling them that she most certainly would never love him, and by no means would she marry the man that they chose. But proudly, Alexander Lawton did not care about his daughter's objections, and as the story goes, he specifically told her, quote, You will learn to love him, or you will learn your station. So the wedding planning began. Yet as the appointed day inched closer and closer, the bride-to-be became increasingly more depressed and heartbroken about her future. Until finally, on the morning of the ceremony, Corinne decided to partake in one final act of defiance. She took her father's best horse and rode it to the banks of the Savannah River where she threw herself into the waters, drowning in its current. Some variations of this tale even claim that Corinne was so bitter that she rode her father's horse straight into the river, intentionally and maliciously depriving him of both his daughter and his favorite steed. Either way, Her parents were grief-stricken, but also incredibly angry over their daughter's final decision. So much so that it is said that they chose to bury her outside of the family plot in the Bonaventure Cemetery. Alexander Lawton commissioned a Sicilian sculptor by the name of Benedetto Civiletti to design the marker for his beloved daughter's grave, the result of which was a beautiful marble statue of the young woman sitting at the base of a cross. However, just as her placement outside of the family plot has been seen as a familial jab, the statue itself has further fueled the supposed anger as it faces away from the final resting place of her family, which features a life-size sculpture of Jesus Christ, causing some to believe that the intention of the family was to show her denial of redemption. Yet as memorable as this tragic tale of love, loss, and a daughter's defiance is, this infamous story told to visitors on tours is entirely a work of fiction.
Y'all, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about one of my favorite nonprofit organizations here in Middle Tennessee. It's called Poster Nashville. Now, this organization supports people during times of housing or medical crises by providing compassionate, temporary care for their pets. That's right. Poster helps secure loving homes for beloved little furballs when their human companions are going through things that might otherwise cause them to have to give them up. But since Poster began back in 2020, they've been able to reunite nearly 250 pets with their loving pet parents after they were able to secure housing, keeping families together through tough times. Of course, y'all, I have to say from personal experience, it's been an awesome program to be around. My kids and I have been fortunate enough to hang out with some of the pups. And trust me, what Poster is doing through a devoted network of volunteers is absolutely heartwarming. So if you'd like to help, Poster is in the middle of their annual fundraiser right now, trying to hit a goal of $20,000. And it would mean the world to me if you'd consider helping us get there. All you got to do is visit southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. That's right, southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Corinne Elliott Lawton died on January 24th, 1877. But unlike the local lore, primary sources prove that her death was the result of illness, not suicide. In fact, Corinne's final days were recorded by her own mother, Sarah Lawton, in her personal diary. Sarah made no mention of any ill-fated love affair nor did she mention any shame brought upon the family name following her daughter's death. In January of 1877, as the Lawton family were returning to their home in Savannah after several months away, Sarah wrote of that fateful month. I found the house all unprepared on my return and had a month of toil to have everything properly cleansed and fumigated and put in living order. Nora has had rheumatism all this time and been often confined to her bed and of late has suffered much. Corinne is just up after 10 days of sickness from cold. We have had six weeks of severe weather. Corinne seems so tired. In the evening of Saturday the 13th, Corinne went to bed 
promising Lulu and me that she would keep to her bed till she was well. How that promise was to be fulfilled, who could have thought? Her sickness seemed so light. On Sunday, I sent for Dr. Houston. Corinne felt very weak and begged me not to have her see any visitors, as she could not talk. Yet very little seemed the matter. Friday evening, she was very bright, but had a restless night. I watched beside her much of the night. Saturday night, I stayed with her. Then came the days of darkness, which I cannot record. Their story kept by him who has said, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Wednesday morning, January 24th, at 7.40 a.m., she drew her last breath. Today, Sarah Lawton's diary belongs to the Georgia Historical Society as part of a collection of family papers donated by her granddaughter, Sarah Alexander Cunningham, between the 1950s and 70s. While the exact illness which claimed Corinne Lawton's life can only be speculated on today, many believe it could very well have been pneumonia, given the time of year. However, others claim her death could also have been caused by the mosquito-borne illness, yellow fever. Just the year before, in 1876, there was an outbreak of the disease in Savannah, Georgia, and many families of means, like the Lawtons, chose to leave the city and travel north to escape the mosquitoes. Then, at the end of fall and into winter, as the temperatures dipped and the mosquitoes died, these wealthy families of Savannah society returned to town. Sarah Lawton's diary supports this theory, noting that the family had acted similarly, returning to their Savannah home after some time away. But this evidence is further supported by the fact that the grieving mother wrote that the weather and temperature in their hometown was, quote, fair and warm and oppressive in the sun. This was in spite of it being January, with conditions that were ideal for the prevalence of mosquitoes. The true reason for Corinne's death will never be uncovered, but in addition to her mother's journal, several other historical facts exist in opposition to the legend that her gravesite is inspired. Following her death in 1877, Corinne, who was not actually a young woman, but rather 30 years old at the time of her death, was not interred at the Bonaventure, but rather was laid to rest in Savannah's Laurel Grove Cemetery. This burial, however, did in fact include the statue built by the famed Sicilian sculptor who used family photos and recollections of Mr. and Mrs. Lawton to sculpture Corinne. 
the product of his work was considered to be a remarkable likeness of the Lawton's beloved daughter. But this fact certainly pierces the foundation of the legend that claims Corinne's burial marker was intentionally facing away from her family and the statue of Jesus Christ as a moral statement regarding her supposed suicide. After all, after the rest of her family was buried in Bonaventure, she was clearly moved there to be closer to them. Just as her death continues to be a mystery, the exact origins of the story of Corinne Lawton's suicide is also unknown. Although, it is likely a byproduct of the Bonaventure Cemetery's status as such a popular point of interest for the city. Following the 1994 publication of Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, Savannah experienced exponential growth in visitors. According to a 2020 study on the municipality's economic trends, published by the Savannah Chamber of Commerce, over 14.5 million visitors came to Savannah in 2018, whereas only 5 million visitors came to the city in 1993, the year before Barron's novel was published. As can be expected, Interest in Bonaventure Cemetery grew as well. As the home to the iconic bird statue, numerous groups and individuals offer tours of the burial ground, taking visitors through the long winding pathways, telling stories of the many individuals who have been interred there. Unfortunately, due to its popularity, the bird girl statue was removed by the family and placed on loan Savannah's Telfair Museums, who currently display it at one of their locations. Yet the exquisite and melancholy statue of Corinne Lawton remains, depicting the young woman as, quote, sitting at the foot of the cross with a crown of flowers at her feet. She looks up to heaven with a sad, resigned expression. In addition, the epitaph reads simply, The Lord to brighter worlds and led the way. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic. Southern Gothic is an independently produced podcast created by siblings, Brianne and Brandon Schecksneider, with the support of listeners like you. 
If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to receive even more content, including ad-free episodes, head over to our Patreon page today. The link is in the show notes. Lucky Little Shacks. What's something you learned in history class that you feel like wasn't the whole truth? Better yet, what's something you didn't learn at all that was omitted completely? That's what I like to call redacted history. My name is Andre White, the host of the Redacted History Podcast, the place where history's forgotten events, heroes, and villains get their story told, one episode at a time. The Redacted History Podcast. Real history never dies. Stream the Redacted History Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Hello, my name is Matt, host of the Pirate History Podcast. Pirates rank among the most mythologized and romanticized of all historical figures. It can become easy to forget that pirates were real people that had real-world concerns. If you like tales of high seas adventure, daring do, and also want to learn more about who Blackbeard supported to be king, you can learn more about all of that at the Pirate History Podcast.